0: Medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If your pet has or you suspect they might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of All Paws Pet Talk. This radio show or their sponsors.
1: to smart animal talk on all paws pet talk radio which means you're listening to me deborah wolf deb wolf deborah wolf on youtube and deb wolf lots of places and if you want to see those puppies because they're still here my nine golden doodle puppies many have been bought there's a few still for sale but they're still here right now because they're little they're gorgeous go to camp good dog facebook and check them out uh-huh, nine golden doodle puppies running around, playing with toys. It's like every moment is adorable and worthy of posting. They're just so funny. They're so cute. They're roly-poly, lovely, lovely little things. So check them out. And today we have Keith Minster coming to us from Florida to tell us about Curapet. Welcome to the show, Keith.
2: Hello, Deborah. How you doing? Thank you for having me on.
1: Oh, it's great to have you. So I understand you're suffering. 99 degrees feels like 125. You're burning up in Florida, huh?
2: It's brutal. It's very unseasonably hot.
1: Unseasonably hot. And summer is always hot. Doesn't it rain at two o'clock, though, and cool things off? Isn't that what happens in Florida?
2: That would be so nice, but we haven't been in that (laughs) pattern at all.
1: Oh, shame. Well, we got enough rain. I'd like to loan you some. We're actually enjoying our first sunny day in a long while out here in the Vancouver area. We've had a pretty wet summer after a teaser of a hot, sunny spring and then nothing. So we're all crossing our fingers, hoping the sun lasts out here. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about Curapet. Uh, What is Curapet, Keith?
2: Well, Curapet is a 100% natural, non-toxic, salt-free, wound and skin care product that's safe to use on all parts of your animals, eyes, mouth, nose, ears, anywhere on their body, and is a really quick bacteria killer.
1: Okay, well, how does this work? How does, how does CAP work?
2: Um, the Curapet works because the active ingredient in it is a hypochlorous solution, which is a very strong natural bacteria destroyer. It actually kills most bacteria within 5 to 10 seconds of application.
1: How can that be? What is it?
2: Um, hypochlorous, like I said, is a a natural bacteria destroyer. It it just destroys and eliminates bacteria. Um, It's made when we electrolyze water with some patented equipment that we have. And, And during that process... It creates two products, actually. One is sodium hydroxide, which is a, a powerful natural cleaner and degreaser. And the other is the hypochlorous solution, which is the strong bacterial disinfectant. And that's what becomes CuraPet.
1: Uh, do they use this in, in hospitals or with sick animals? How's this being used?
2: Well, it's, it's intended right now The CuraPet is for topical application on animals. Although, like I say, safety is in their eyes and ears and mouth. Um, and if they have a, a hot spot or a skin irritation, if you can kill the bacteria, obviously it's going to heal a lot quicker.
1: Okay, so hot spots. Now you're just talking my language here. Out here on the West Coast, the wet coast, as people call it, we get these these little tiny. You know, the dog picks it itself, or he had it owie or a boo boo, or maybe he's allergic to fleas, something. Maybe he's just stressed out. He heard fireworks. Who knows? Something goes on. He gets a little patch. Just a little patch and no one can treat it. It's too small to do anything about. And in hours or days, it's the size of an orange and then a grapefruit. And then he's got no fur on the back end or wherever this patch was. And That's a hot spot. It gets and that's clammy. That's where
2: CuraPet comes in because it Cura gets pet clammy is a great and sticky and
1: oozy okay. and infected. And it makes your pet suffer so much. It can go on for weeks or months. So, what happens if I use CuraPet on one of these horrible spots?
2: Well, it's going to act, like I said, almost immediately. Within five to ten seconds, it's going to start killing most bacteria. I've got lots of testimonials where people see the reaction on their animal's face as soon as they apply it. They can see the relief in their, their animal's face.
1: Well, these things really itch, and a lot of times vets will, you know, throw their hands up after trying so many different topical solutions, they'll end up putting your dog on steroids, sometimes seasonally every year if it's an allergy, kind of allergy-related cause. And, I mean, then you've got a drug pet that behaves differently, becomes a walking vacuum cleaner, isn't itself at all. This is way better alternative.
2: Way better. It's a great first-line defense to use in conjunction with your vet. Um but it just kills and works so quickly that it's going to save so many problems and so many trips that you don't need to make to the vet.
1: Well, okay, so hot spots is one thing. What else uh, will it help
2: for? Oh, it's great for post-surgical sites, debriding of wounds, uh, pretty much any skin problem, eye irritations, just, you know, from natural daily routine, they get dirt in their eyes. If you need to wash their eyes, it's excellent safe for that. Um in fact my dog has a little bit of doggy breath and if I squirt it in her mouth her bad breath goes away temporarily. <laughs> but it I does can work just imagine. on that too.
1: You know, if dogs could send me questions instead of the owners, your dog would be writing in, please stop my owner from squirting things in my mouth. How can I change my owner's behavior? But I understand the doggy breath. I do. And some of the non-shed dogs are the worst culprits for this. They have stinky breath. And some of the non-shed dogs also are prone to hotspots, same as golden retrievers. So, okay, so... How can we get this? If we've got a dog that always has skin issues, itchy, scratchy dog, ear infections, oozy, pussy sores, allergies, loss of fur, you guys know who you are. We all know who you are. We see your poor dogs scratching themselves everywhere you take them. Okay, so what can they do? How can they get a hold of this?
2: They can go onto our website at CuraPet.com where they can order the product. comes in three sizes, a uh, two-ounce traveler, an eight-ounce, and a 16-ounce.
1: So, okay, is this made uh, offshore, or is this done in America?
2: Oh, no, we do everything. We're based in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. We manufacture the product on site. We have our own semi-automatic bottle-filling machine. We do our own labeling. We source all the products we can from the United States, and we put it together ourselves. We have very, very good control because we do it all.
1: Is this the only product Natural Garden Store makes, a CuraPet, or do you have other products, too?
2: We're working on some other products. We're about to come out with a CuraPet environmental cleaner, which uh, is made from the other side of our electrolysis pro- process, um, the sodium hydroxide side. It's also 100% natural and safe to use. So it's going to be ideal for <clears throat> excuse me, pet cages, their bowls, their bedding, horse blankets, bridal hardware, any of their, their living areas. It's going to be a very good product. And then if you follow it up with a little spray of curapet Pet Wounds and Skin Care, you're going to kill all the bacteria and have a really nice, clean environment for your animals. And that will be on the market real soon.
1: Nice. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, we only have a minute left, so curapet.com. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say just before we go, Keith?
2: Um. I appreciate being on the show. Like I say, it's an excellent product to keep on hand. It can create some serious, prevent some serious problems with your animals. And it's really hot out, so please keep your animals hydrated.
1: There we go. Yeah, give them shade. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show, too. So stay tuned to Smart Animal Talk, All Pause Pet Talk Radio. We'll be back, and we'll be talking cats. Meow with Dusty Rainbow. Stay tuned.
2: I'm your doggie. And I love you.
1: Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio, and it's Deb Wolf, Deborah Wolf. If you want to see the Golden Doodle puppies, go to Camp Good Dog Facebook. If you want to see more of me, you can go to debwolf.ca or check me out on YouTube under Deborah Wolf. But now, now we're going off the doggy topics just a little. I'll try and interject whenever I can to keep you dog people still happy and wagging your tails. But we're gonna be talking cats with Dusty Rainbolt, the Cat Wrangler herself.
0: Welcome to the show, Dusty. Well, thank you for inviting me again. It's great to talk to you and your listeners.
1: Dusty, as you all know, is one of my favorite people to have on the radio, the cat expert I love to have on, because she's just, she can help you make cat wrangling easy. Okay, that was a little bit
0: cheaper. <laughs> it's is amazing called, how you just worked that right in there. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: her book is Cat Wrangling Made Easy, and also Kittens for Dummies, and many, many others that we're probably not going to talk about today, because this is where we need the drum roll. All right, Dusty. What's coming next?
0: What's coming next? Well, uh, we've been talking about this for for months. My new book is uh, Cat Scene Investigator, Solve Your Cat's Litter Box Mystery. And it's a book all about how to figure out why your cat's peeing outside the box and what to do about it.
1: Because it's not always so obvious, and it is the number one reason people call our show, your show, my show, people call in the Cat Trader, the number one reason people give up cats, isn't
0: it? It really is. Uh, There was an organization that did a survey of uh, shelters all over the country, and uh, about 50% of all cats given up uh, to shelters uh, are doing it because of uh, house soiling, as they put it. And... uh, Many times it's not the cat's fault. A, a lot of times it has to do with uh, the fact that the cat is sick or, uh, you know, uh, you, uh, uh, the cat is scared. And I know it's hard to believe that the cat is scared of the litter box, but um, many times when they're sick, they, they actually experience pain when they go into the box, and so they associate the pain that they're experiencing physically with the box itself. So hey, if it hurts when I go in the litter box, then I just maybe won't it go. won't hurt maybe maybe the carpet'll be safer. Maybe that area behind the, the couch will be safer. Maybe the, the sink won't hurt me. So And you
1: know, that's what, even more true if it's fear that's that's causing it, right? If I'm afraid to go in the box, because something happened when I was in there last time, or because some cat is making me not have access when I want it, or not be able to get out again, or some kind of bullying's going on, well, then, you know, maybe I will try over here in a spot nobody's fighting over,
0: right? Well, exactly. And, and maybe I just don't have access, period. A lot of cats, uh, I can't tell you how many people uh, like to put the litter box in the, the uh, basement. Well, you know, of course, we don't want to look at the litter box. We don't want to smell the litter box. And it
1: stinks, so you close the door. Well, now what's your cat supposed
0: to do? Go through walls? Exactly. (laughs) But uh, especially if you have a multi-cat home, uh, there could be a cat uh, barring, or dog even, or kid, barring the entrance. So the cat may actually not have access to his designated litter box. Or, uh, you know, if you have an older cat, uh, he may actually be experiencing physical pain, you know, having to climb down the stairs. He's got arthritis, and, and it hurt, may not hurt to go down, but it might hurt to come back up. So, again, you know, hey, if it's going to hurt, then let's find some place where it doesn't hurt.
1: That makes so much sense, you know. And then there's the uh, changes, okay? Mm-hmm. cats. The cats are really, I think people don't realize... Dogs couldn't care less about this sort of stuff with going to the bathroom. Going to the bathroom for a dog is a kind of a proud, demonstrative sort of social moment. It's you know, hey everybody, let's all pee on this tree together, and we'll see who's the tallest, right? And I'll smell what you've been eating, and you smell what I've been eating, and we're gonna be good buddies now. And and oh, look at that lady over there. Isn't she hot? I like her. I'm going to wait till she pees on the grass, and I'll pee over top her pee, and everyone will think we're together. That's what I'm going to do. This is what dogs are up to, right? Cats aren't like that, are they, Dusty?
0: Well, yes and no. Uh, they, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, will, uh, they will mark territory with uh, pee, but uh, they, they will mark over other cats' peas. But I don't think it's quite the the pride thing that it is with dogs because it's like with dogs it's like look what I did woohoo.
1: <laughs> it's the exchanging of business cards. It's like how they greet each other. It's totally yeah. it's the handshake, the sniff of the of the crotch. Dog, cats do the same sniffing and they do the same marking, but I have not found it to be a social time for cats. It seems to me like they would rather be alone when they're doing their thing. Is that correct, or is that just my cats?
0: No, I I think. Uh, like most humans, I think kitties would prefer a little bit of privacy. They especially want uh, an area where they have an escape, because you have to remember cats are cats are prey, and mm-hmm.
1: uh, we think of them as predators because they're both right. But they are they, prey to a lot of animals.
0: They uh, they're they're prey to almost any uh, predator that's bigger than them, and uh, so. Um, a, Many people like to use covered litter boxes, but you think about it. In the wild, the cat isn't going to go to the bathroom in a tiny cave or in a, a hollowed-out log. And why are they not going to do that? Because they could get trapped. If a coyote comes after them and they're inside a little cre- uh, crevasse or whatever, um, the, the dog can get to them. So it makes sense that they wouldn't want to be confined when they're going to the litter box because they're very vulnerable then on the other hand um you know they they like a place in the back of the room so they can see who's coming and going and um uh in a a big open area they can they can escape if somebody comes at them they can they So they really. So need
1: the- so they're not denners. Even though a cat, when having a litter of kittens, will find a little enclosed space, right mm-hmm. under the clo- right. lowest shelf in the closet, things like this, under the bed, but is she still got a lot of access and, and ways of getting out. That's yeah. really it. It just may seem like it's a closed away den-like space, but actually, it's got a lot of openings, right?
0: Hmm. Hmm. And, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, and with the... Because with the dogs prefer
1: cabins, the one opening. You know that, right? Dogs would prefer a den where there's only one opening that they can guard. They don't really like the two, three opening thing.
0: Well, but cats do. And see, um, do. one thing that helps, uh, if you have a cat that, that doesn't want to go into his covered litter box, there could still be a number of reasons why they don't want to go there. One could be it just stinks because you don't clean it nearly often enough. On the other hand... Uh, uh, it could be back to this confinement fear thing. There may be other cats or dogs waiting for them as they come out the one entrance. So uh, you can create a, a covered litter box of your own by using a translucent storage bin, you know, one of the big, like, 50-gallon ones or fifty four, you know, and um, cutting a hole in it. And that way, if it's clear, then they can see who's coming into the room. And then you cut two holes. So if somebody oh, is that's so clever. Yes. And I, uh, in my book, I, uh, a, a lady uh, describes how you easily uh, transform one of these storage bins into uh, a covered litter box that the cats will actually like and feel safe in.
1: Yeah, and, and I've had to basically take covers off some of my litter boxes only because one of my cats is really quite elderly mm-hmm. and uh, you helped me figure out that, that you know I kept saying to you but she's just fine with the litter box all these years and well yeah because she was young and s- saw well and mm-hmm. okay we're going to come back from break uh, we're going to talk about whether is it possible you're cleaning it too much and what does happen as your cat ages stay tuned to smart animal talk all Pause pet talk radio
2: I'm your dog, and I love you, and, love and you know you that
1: know I need you, you I
0: really
1: Hello, you're listening to Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio. And I'm just going to give you a kitten alert. We will be talking about kittens in a minute oh. and puppies and nursing and some funny things. But in the meantime, we have to finish our thought. Okay, so your elderly cat, your cat's 10, 11, 8, 14, whatever. All of a sudden, it's got issues with the litter box it never had before. So, Dusty, I was kind of blind. I kept saying, well, it can't be that. It can't." Be. But actually, when I took your advice on all the old cat things the litter box problem went away. When I, when I made it easier for her to reach, when I gave her one box she could count on that had no lid and was in a well-lit place, and, you know, I gave her basically an elderly version of what I'd been supplying all these years, and the problems went away. She had been going on the bed and going on the carpet and all kinds of things, and I think she just couldn't get in there anymore and didn't like the dark, you know? So what about other people with their cats? If their cat... You got to go to the vet first, right? Which I did.
0: Absolutely, and and let me explain why that's so important. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. the, the truth is, a lot of times you find out, uh, oh well, maybe I could scoop the box more, this or that. But it's really important to go ahead and address whatever uh, physical issues may be going on, because you don't want to do all these things and change the right litter and 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 have a cat who is in pain associating all these good changes with uh, the pain. So it's really important to go to the the vet first, find out if if the the kitty is uh, experiencing pain or or a uh, difficulty going, or, or, you know, I mean, and it could be anything. It could be parasites. It could be it could be crystals. It could be... Uh... Yeah, and it's
1: not a naughty, snooty cat. Here's the thing. I had a, an email I was telling you about, and you had something similar. Well, that, you know, I'll just tell mine first. Yours is a better story. But my guy, he he'd emailed me, hey, you wouldn't believe it. This is a dog customer of mine. My cat's learning to use the toilet by himself, and I never even suggested it. He's just all of a sudden standing over the seat of the toilet straining, trying to pee. Isn't that amazing? He's so smart. I said, you got to take that cat to the vet. Because to me, this wasn't a sign the cat was smart. This was a sign that it hurt, and he's straining and he can't pee. And since he can't do it in the litter box, the cat figured, well, maybe he'd try somewhere else. The only other place that smells appropriate is the toilet. So he gave it a shot. But even though this cat may be a candidate for training on the toilet later, right now, He's got a problem. And sure enough, a week later, he said, You know, thank thank goodness you told me to take him to the vet. He has crystals in his urine. He was totally blocked up. Mm. So, Dusty, is this common, the blocking and the crystals and all
0: that? Well, yes, it is. And, um, but there, so anytime you notice that your cat is is trying to go and just maybe uh, passing a, a few drops or nothing at all, that is a light and siren emergency. Um, a cat who is completely blocked may, um, uh, can die in as little as 24 hours. If, if he's a very healthy cat, he might last 20, uh, 48. But if he's got some issues like kidney or, or liver issues, yeah, yeah, you could lose him in as, as few as 24 hours.
1: Well, no. people don't last long like that either, right? If a person no, can't don't. urinate, they got to go to the hospital. It's 911. And it's the same with your animals. So in your situation, what was um, what was going on? They, they thought the cat was too snooty for the box? Is that yes, what it was? Uh,
0: I, was uh, I was at an adoptive uh, pet, and uh, the lady found out that I was writing my book on inappropriate elimination. And she says, well, I hope you can tell me why my cat is suddenly too good to... Uh, uh, squat when he goes to the bathroom. And the, the um, hint here about what's going on is he was suddenly too good to squat. In other words, the cat had been squatting and he couldn't squat anymore. So uh, anytime you notice a behavior change any behavior change, not necessarily something associated with the box, you really need to take your cat to the vet. So the, the fact that he could no longer squat to me said that that it was suddenly painful to squat. And uh, uh, I don't know if she took her kitty to the vet, but my guess would be that uh, he was having uh, uh, issues with arthritis or pain. Uh, he was 8 years old, so. Uh, it's very common for cats eight years old to start experiencing arthritis. And some cats, before you say, not my cat, cats as young as two can experience the onset of arthritis.
1: So, Well, you know what? Thank goodness declawing is way less popular now, and in some mm-hmm. places it's even illegal. But I used to see arthritis from declawing in really young cats.
0: hmm uh, I, I believe that, and not only uh, is there arthritis as a result of it. Um, seventy-five. There was a, a human study done uh, on people who have lost limbs, and seventy-five uh, percent of the, the people who have lost limbs experience phantom pain. I've heard. I've heard another study was ninety, but uh, I haven't read that study yet. But seventy-five percent. So that means these cats are uh, experiencing pain 10 times because if, they, if it's a front declaw, then, then they have 10 amputations. So that's got to be very And it's
1: not time. a nail clip, guys. It's part mm-hmm. of their body. It's part of their structure. It's as if you got your knuckles cut off,
0: right? That's exactly right. And 10, 10, claw, I mean, 10 amputations. So you have 10 potentials for um, uh, phantom pain on your feet where you walk
1: all the time Mm -hmm. in your hands and you're a four-legged creature that has to get around and you're supposed to climb in and out of litter boxes and deal with all weird surfaces and jump up trees to escape things and get groom yourself and catch things to eat and how the heck are you going to do that with Mm -hmm. 10 amputations to your feet and hands and only weaponry and only defense when you're the size of prey that most animals want to eat. So, people, if you've got any choice at all, don't declaw the cat. If you think you're going to declaw it uh, because of aggression, you're probably going to get worse aggression problems. And I say that because the number of declawed cats being surrendered because of aggression is way higher than cats with claws. So, Also, another interesting
0: fact is uh, mm-hmm. uh, declawed cats also tend to have more litter box problems than other cats. Than, well, than of course the they clothes. would,
1: mm-hmm. with everything else going on. We have to go to break, we're going to come back, I want to tell you about Adele. First I'm going to ask you, do you think Adele is a cat lover, Adele the singer, do you think she's a cat lover or a dog lover? What's your guess, Dusty?
0: I, you know, I don't know, I'd like to think that maybe she's bipetual. <laughs> Yeah, like us. I don't know if she's a dog lover,
1: but I do know she's a cat lover. She took time out from her tour here in Vancouver. She has two sold-out shows. Scalpers are selling tickets for $3,500 a pop. And what did she do with her free time with her son? She went to the... Cat, Fae, a cat Cafe, where you can have coffee and tea uh, with cat rescue cats. And the cat that she was petting at the Cat Cafe, they almost turned her away. They were full. They let her in. The cat she was petting was named Larry. And Larry already got adopted. So well done. Okay, we'll be back in a minute with Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio, Deb Wolf and Dusty Rainbow. Stay tuned. I'm your
2: doggy, i your And I love you.
1: Talk on All Plus Pet Talk Radio. And I want to talk a little bit more about the litter box because there's a situational thing going on here. And we're gonna talk about that. And oh dear, we've got so many topics. We've got <laughs> your kittens and your search for the perfect dog, 20 pounds or less, who adores cats. Adores cats. Must be a cat fancier. I've got one standard poodle out of my whole group that I've taken to cat shows. She loves cats. And uh, one of my my only golden retriever, my mama dog, she loves cats. But most dogs don't love cats. You're looking for a dog who adores cats. So if someone adores, has a rescue dog.
0: Adore cats. Yeah, you've got a no, rescue when, when dog. We, say love, and you're we in, aren't talking about in the creepy I wanna eat you way. It's got right. kind of I think you're a god. <laughs>
1: Or I'm one of you. I had a skipper key that I placed with a family who had 11 cats. She was a cat rescuer. And this dog would greet you like a cat. It would wrap around your legs. It would make vocalizations like a cat. We're looking for a dog who thinks it's a cat, likes to be with cats, adores cats, needs a home, and is in the Dallas area and is under 20 pounds. So contact the show if you've got the match for Dusty. You'll be giving that dog, if it really is a cat fancier, the best home ever because it'll always have a life full of cats. So, okay, let's go back to uh, the litter box thing. Situational learning. I find it really obvious when you have a cat with issues, right? You got this cat that will only let you pet it on the bed or never let you pet it on the stairs or, you know, something like this. Obviously, it got spooked once there and now doesn't feel safe in that place. Never got spooked on the bed. Always feels safe in the bed. Okay, it makes sense when you got like a head case cat. But sometimes you have a really calm cat a really sweet, happy, well-adjusted cat who's like that. He'll, you know, run away from you all kinds of places and other places be like putty in your hands, willing to do tricks and approach you, approach strangers even. And I think sometimes it gets overlooked with the litter box. So how does this fact that sometimes they go off a, an area, you know, how can we make use of that? If the cat isn't unwell, if there's nothing wrong with him physically and he's not using the litter and you can't think why... Does it help to just move it? Because I've, I've had some success with that with some of my customers.
0: Well, rather than just moving it, what I would suggest is set up an entirely different type of litter box. Like if you've got a covered litter box and you're using um, uh, pelleted litter, then someplace, a different place, set up an open litter box with something uh, with a a sandy-type clumping litter because cats really like that. And uh, uh, either that or set up a a second box beside the original box. Again, make it completely different, different attributes, and uh, see if that helps. I am, yeah, I I use less...
1: I use less litter after talking to you than I used to. I used to fill my boxes almost like a third, two-third full, thinking because mm-hmm. I had so many cats I wanted fresh litter in there for the next one. But I've actually, since you told me they don't like that, I'm, I've been using less, and they seem to like it more. So how much is the right amount?
0: Well, they have actually done studies, <laughs> and okay. and most cats prefer uh, two to three inches. And that's also a good um, depth for people, too, because if you, uh, if you use clumping litter and you have three inches, you can shake the litter box, and the clumps will float up to the top. Uh, if they're not stuck to the bottom, then they'll just float to the top, and you can take the scoop and, and uh, reach under it without breaking the, the clump, and what that does is that increases the life of the litter because you're not breaking little pieces off and contaminating clean litter.
1: You know, I'm imagining these people who have this job, right, with the business card that says, you know, what, cat feces expert or, or <laughs> doctor of poopology? Like, what is, what is this? And then, you know, when they come home from work, how was your day, dear? Oh, it was crappy. It was really crappy. Oh, I'm imagining all sorts of these people. At least, okay, so on the worst day, I could say, well, at least I don't have that job. Uh, <laughs> feral cats. What? Okay, here's, here's the headline. In Chicago, people are buying feral cats. 200 a apiece, up to 600 for a group of them. Can you guess why, Dusty?
0: Gee, it wouldn't have anything to do with uh, pest control, would it?
1: You got it. Bing, 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 bing. Exactly. Apparently, Chicago has the worst rat problem in the nation. Yay, Chicago. Well done, Chicago. So, so they're desperate for cats. People are just not having cats the same way anymore. People are not having outdoor cats. They're not letting cats loose. I, If it was me, I'd probably get a Jack Russell in my backyard if that was my situation because there's or rat terriers and dogs. Yeah, there's lots of dogs to deal with this. But I think the problem is um, you know, if they ha- if they start feral cat colonies and move whole groups, which is what they're trying to do, to these outdoor areas... Uh, adjacent to where this is occurring, they'll have a more controlled situation. And it makes so much sense. I mean, if I get a Jack Russell, well, I'm good, but forget about my neighbors, right? But Uh (laughs) this the feral cat population, that's, I guess, more of a supervised cat colony, uh, makes sense, doesn't it?
0: Well, as a matter of fact, I'm on the board of directors of a a Dallas area group called Barn Cats, Inc., and what we do is we take nuisance feral cats and we relocate them to barns after having them totally vetted and and, uh, checked for feline leukemia. And it's fabulous because people who have horse barns, and we have a lot of them in in Dallas, um, they get ratters. And then the, the areas where we have these feral cats, they you know, uh, these nuisance cats are, are getting a job. So everybody's happy, you know, it's, it's safe pest You've control. You've done it to
1: me again. You've made me think of the silliest image again. I'm thinking of that Melania Trump speech that wasn't vetted properly. And I'm imagining these cats getting vetted. Where, have you ever... Published yourself on social media. Are you are you up for the job? But you actually mean vet checked. I know you do. You mean the cat had to go to the vet. You don't mean he was vetted. I understand.
0: Right. Yes, uh, the, uh, <laughs> but it's a nice image. It is a nice image. It is image a nice image, especially with the beautiful long blonde hair. But uh, yeah, so, so they're neutered. Uh, they they get the their ears tipped uh, or and ear tipped so people can see that they're. They're uh, taken care of. Uh, they're given their vaccinations so and they're checked for feline leukemia, and it's it's fabulous because we're one of the few groups around that take hoarder um, um, cats. I mean, you know, you get these hoarders with twenty or fifty or two hundred yeah. cats, and these most of these cats aren't very well terrible habits. Wanted. They're
1: not social, right? They're just wild. Right.
0: So we put them to work. They get to live. It's fabulous.
1: That makes so much sense. Oh yeah, do you do you take the corner off the ears so you know they've been treated and cared for?
0: Yes, yes, and and you know we we evaluate the the barns, and when we take them out there, if we don't think it's a safe environment, then we take them back. But you know it's a it's kind of a risky uh, process because uh, some of them uh, we do lose some of them to to predators and. And uh, these are animals that are probably never going to see a vet again because you can't catch them. On the other hand, some of them become very friendly, and and so it's it's great. At least uh, at least they've got a chance. Whereas if they went to a shelter and were euthanized, there's no chance.
1: Yes, and they're doing their part. Uh, you know, I, I think our our tendency to get rid of animals and what they do and. Kind of treat them as nuisances or pests and not let them control each other and then try and use chemicals and then worry about the results of that. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to come back. We have one segment left at the end. Maybe we'll talk about ligers. I thought this might be a hoax, but you're telling me they're real. Mm -hmm. Really? Gigantic felines made from the offspring of lions and tigers. All right, while we're on break, everybody, go check out your YouTube footage. Look up Liger. We'll be back with Dusty Rainbolt on Smart Animal Talk, all Plus Pet Talk Radio, and me, Dab Wolf.
2: I'm your doggy, I'm your doggy. and I love you.
1: Ooh. Hello! You're listening to Smart Animal Talk, all Alba's Pet Talk Radio. And um, we're going to talk about ligers in a second. But Dusty, I had this funny encounter with one of my neighbors. I was uh, driving along the street and there was this big black poofy cat that I often see. And sometimes I stop and pet, you know, my kids have petted it before. It's one of my neighbor's cats. And it was sort of strolling along the street. So I stopped my van. I got out. I was kind of petting it, talking to it. And the owner came out of his house and he he walked up to me and he said, meow. And I looked at him and, okay, I'm driving a logo truck and everything. He knows I'm one of his neighbors, but still, he did it again. And I said, What are you doing? And he said, Oh, well, I don't know. It works for the cat. He sits out all the, out here all day on the road, meowing at strangers. They all stop by and they're all nice to him. So I thought it would work. <laughs> 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 no, no, it's not going to work. People are going to think you're absolutely nuts. But if only, right? If only hey, we oh. can all approach life like cats, just meow. And the world just comes and picks you up It strokes you It talks baby talk to you and pets you. And, you know, I asked him if I could give it some temptations I had in my car, and he said yes. And,
0: I mean, like, really? That's life for a cat. Nice life. Aw. Well, as a matter of fact, one of uh, uh, the little foster kittens that I have now, we were having a downpour. And uh, they came from a feral cat colony, and it was so cute because the lady who manages the colony came and checked on them in the middle of the rainstorm, and this little three-week-old kitten sees her and goes, take me with you. (laughs) Yeah. So as it turns out, two of the other kittens were injured, and so this little brave three-week-old saved herself and uh, these two other cats from another litter.
1: So. Oh, amazing. And is, are those your cats now? Are those oh, your kids?
0: No, no, no. 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 <laughs> they, are, they will be available for adoption when the other two are, are healthy again. So they, they suffered some, some injuries, and we're just waiting until they're well. So
1: I was researching the show, looking up cat subjects, because I knew you were going to be on the show this week, and I typed in, you know, most popular topics, searched, and this sort of thing, and was floating along. That's how I found out about the rats in Chicago. But then I see this thing about ligers, and I think it's a hoax. There's this woman posed, a couple of different women, look like average, normal height women, and this, this cat beside them is like twice the size of a, of a person. You know, like it must be nine, ten feet tall, and four or five hundred pounds, and, and it, it looks like a lion, but it has stripes, or it looks like a tiger, but it doesn't have stripes, different variations. I thought it was a hoax. Are you telling me this is a real thing in the feline world?
0: Now, I haven't seen one that's nine feet tall, but uh, I have seen them, and they're they're just fabulous. It's it's uh, crazy, because it's, your brain is telling you it's a tiger, or it's telling you it's a lion and it's not it's it's a very odd combination of the two it's my understanding well 9,
1: nine feet on 2 feet like if it was standing oh, on 2 feet oh. you know like a like a great say. dane a great dane is easily 6 feet when it stands mm-hmm. on 2 feet some of them have been taller so i think not i think it looked a couple feet bigger than a great dane easily don't, don't doesn't that seem like what the case is i was reading all about them last night and they say they're unusually large Okay, what's that mean exactly? Lions yeah. and tigers are pretty darn big to start with, no? Yes. What, what's yes. unusually large when it comes to a liger?
0: Well, I what would do you- think that unusually large would mean for for uh, a lion because aren't tigers usually larger than lions? So they may get some of the size from the lion.
1: You know, this is one of those things where I don't think size matters. <laughs> one of those rare exceptions in life
0: when one is ripping you apart. I don't want
1: to be in you a cage with one. <laughs> no, it just doesn't matter. Is it a lion? Is it a tiger? Are there two? Are there three? Really, one's enough to kill me. Wow. <laughs> I have worked with lions. I've worked with friendly mountain lions that were part of a rescue program and hands-on and uh, dealt with them. In fact, there was one I was exercising by playing fetch because they like fetch and they like swimming. They like fetch. In water, which is quite a sight to behold, but um, but there's definitely rules. They can hurt you by accident really easily. They're not to be uh, trifled with, and these people who have them in captivity often have freak accidents where people end up dead from lions in captivity. So mm-hmm. caution on everybody. It's best to see them at the refuges and the and the rescue places because a lot of times these pets, that's where they end up anyway, just like Michael Jackson's monkey and Bieber's monkey. And, you know, really, these things don't belong in your house. Right, Dusty?
0: They absolutely don't. Uh, uh, I had a friend who was a, a trainer. She trained for the uh, company that, Uh, handled the the cats for Mercury, you know, the the car company. And uh, she wound up adopting the cat. Uh, uh, His name was Fawford. And it was frightening to be around that cat. I mean, even with an expert trainer there, um, he, uh, he had a temper tantrum in the uh, backseat the station wagon and wound up eating or tearing up the upholstery. <laughs> and It's like oh my god, I was in the car See with that now, cat.
1: that could happen with a Doberman but it's, it's still ten times worse. Oh, like yes. it's so much
0: stronger. Horrifying. You just don't the,
1: their, their shoulders, their chest droops to the floor they, the, uh, the power of these animals and the speed and the sharpness of their claws, the whole thing it's quite, quite a weaponry they're stacked with. I mean, cats pound for pound are better fighters than dogs. So a giant cat like that, wow, what a, what a fierce creature.
0: Well, it, it was amazing because um, I saw a number of pictures of him swatting at a milk jug. And he was so fast that a, thousand, uh, uh, a camera a thousandth of a second didn't freeze the paw. It was still blurred. So that's how fast these guys are. And, and again, I don't want you to... You know what? The at thing. the nature
1: reserve I worked at, we had Jeep damage. They would scratch a vehicle to market just because they wanted to or to scratch their, their talents. and we'd have to get repairs to the vehicle. Like, this is no fooling around.
0: Yeah. He just wanted you to know he was there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. They liked us. They'd come swarming us. They liked us. That was affection. Watch out. Uh, You know, love shouldn't hurt like that. It shouldn't wreck your vehicle. So, yeah, does these wild animals that people think are pets, they're really not pets. So be careful, everybody. And I guess that's it, Dusty. One more plug for the book. Let them know where they can find it when it comes out.
0: Okay. uh, It will be out later in August, and it's called Cat Scene Investigator. Solve Your Cat's Litter Box Mystery, and it's going to be fun. It's, uh, written, uh, it's written humorously because I figure if your house smells like cat pee, you don't want to be lectured.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, and you don't want to give away the cat because you can fix the problem. Just get the book. Thank you for joining me today, Dusty. Thank you for having me. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, you will. I'm going to have her back, everybody. So if you've got questions for Dusty or questions for me, send them to the show. If you want to see my Golden Doodle puppies, go to Camp Good Dog on Facebook or check out my training tips, Deborah Wolf, on YouTube. Until next time from Smart Animal Talk and me, Deb Wolf, be good, dear animals.